that scarcity mindset is the, the biggest enemy of success because you're going to grab those things. They're going to keep you on it. People know integrity. Integrity is a result of your actions. It's not something that you are. Integrity is what comes out of what you do. And people see that. And even the people that are working with you or other partners seeing you're working with them, they're going, oh. This episode is brought to you by QOL Enterprises. They are a leader in taking leaders through the step of owning their presence in life to become the epic leader they are meant to be. Catering to experienced leaders. Contact them at qolenterprises.com or grab their brand new book, Unleash Your Humble Alpha at humblealphabook.com. Stephen is a decorated U.S. military combat veteran who has been handpicked to consult with some of the most influential people in the world, including rock stars, singers, actors, business leaders, and politicians, about how to expand their brand, bring value and loyalty, and develop strategies for increasing beneficial relationships and achieving true quality of life. Stephen is a best-selling author and has a new book coming out this year with his partner and co-author, Lane Ballon. Special Forces Green Beret Veteran. Unleash your humble alpha. Own your presence in life and become the epic leader you are meant to be. Stephen has deep-rooted beliefs in building trust and rapport through a process he calls HIT. HIT. Honesty, integrity, and transparency. HIT is the method in which Stephen developed and how he lives his life both professionally and personally. Stephen and Lane teach people how to achieve their own version and quality of life with the humble alpha leader and through the SME program Stephen mentions in the podcast. To learn more, visit qolenterprises.com. If you're interested in listening to Stephen's podcast, you can visit him online at stephenkuhn.libsyn.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Prospecting Show. Today we have Stephen Eugene Kuhn. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Awesome. So kind of to start things off here, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your story. Where did you come from? Kind of how did you get all this stuff going? And that way everyone can have a good foundation. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm from uh, the States, from Pennsylvania. Um, and I joined the Army right after high school. And uh, 10 days after high school, actually, to flee my typical American nightmare as everyone probably has their own. I won't go into that. <laughs> but, um, and, and I joined the army and I got sent after boot camp, I got sent to Germany where I spent eight years uh, of which I got sent to Iraq while I was there as well. Desert Storm came back, got out and did what they call a European out um, where I, I basically out processed in Germany and walked off base and I was a civilian. So I ended up staying in Germany. And uh, so I came here in 1986 to 1993. I served, I got out, stayed in Germany. And then I moved around, so I moved to nine different countries because as a consultant, um, a turnaround business consultant, um, I would get three-month contracts, six-month contracts, 12-month contracts, and instead of flying back and forth, I would just go there and just gotcha. live there, fully immersed in the culture and really pick up on the, on the business and spend time with employees and really find out the teams and really find out what they're all about so I could actually turn around quicker and faster. But I always kept my place in Berlin, which I still have. Um, but now I live in Budapest, Hungary, right outside of Budapest, Hungary. And uh, I've done everything um, in the business turnaround from, you know, 
Fortune 500 companies, NASDAQ listed companies, London stock, you know, the London stock market, um, small, medium, large businesses. I had worked with health clubs for, for on and off for 15 years. We had 87 health clubs in nine countries. Um, and now, uh, among other things, I do, uh, we do sort of roll-ups and bolt-ons, as you would call it, for SMEs, um, helping them find an exit for their business if they, if they want to sell. Most companies who want to sell have no idea how to do it, number one. Number two, they're not ready to sell because their, their company is not structured properly. Most people don't set their company up to sell. Um, and then, of course, I do my one-on-one consulting, which is a business turnaround, and that's typically small to medium, medium-sized businesses. And, of course, the new book is coming out, which we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah, absolutely. And so for the individuals who maybe don't understand the or don't know about the differences between a business that's going to be sold and more of an evergreen strategy where you're continuously rolling that, maybe break that down and explain the differences and, and maybe which direction you recommend if, there, if there's a kind of a technique there. Yeah, well, you know, when, when you want to sell a business, uh, there's certain factors or certain benchmarks that you should want to hit so that you, you can attract the right buyer. Right now, the market is it's a seller's market. Um, and it's also a buyer's market because, uh, you know, about 35, 40% of all businesses are owned by baby boomers in America. And within the next 10 years, they're all going to retire. They have to retire. They're just getting, they're just getting up there in age. And unfortunately, most of them don't have family members or even grandparent grandchildren that want to take over the brick and mortar businesses. So they're, they're really in a place where they can't sort of get rid of the business. So what we do is we help them by rolling them up in larger companies. And then selling, let's say we roll up four companies in the window cleaning business or the pressure cleaning business. We roll up four of those companies and sell it to a large company so everyone gets a piece of it. When you, when you, when you want to exit uh, your company, you have to have long-term contracts. You know, you have to have a, um, like a large client base and that kind of thing. It's, and if you don't have, like for instance, if you have a health club and you have 5,000 members, but they're all paying month for month, that business isn't worth very much at all because you have no guarantee to have revenue. If right. you have a health club with 2,000 members, and they have all one-year, two-year contracts, well, you're pretty much golden there. So that's sort of the difference. You have to find long-term strategies that's, that's going to guarantee the cash flow so the people that buy it are not buying a job, if you, if you get my opinion. Right, right. And, and what about the differences between businesses that are a recurring revenue model structure? Maybe that's a SaaS company or a brick and mortar. Like you said, you know, it's a workout facility or exercise facility. What about those businesses versus the kind of one-time sales, like maybe a brick and mortar food food location where it's like, yeah, we can see cash flow, we can see the revenues, we can see the profitability of the business, but it's still like one sell and you know, one sale right. occurs and then you're done. Right. So how do you how do you evaluate those differently? Well there's many different ways. One of the one of the obvious ways is uh, your your client base. If you you have for instance a, a mailing list of all of your clients, you have you know two hundred thousand emails or two hundred thousand contacts where you can send text messages and special offers and things, that really helps the issue as well. Um, you know, recurring businesses is obvious. The one-off sale, you know, it's always what what we're doing now with the company. Uh, the company's doing with the company in Canada is because they're one-offs. They actually opened up, you know, the PE company that I work with opened up a sales company and sells for them. And they do all uh, the work, so gotcha. that's how we guarantee that they're going to keep going on. And when, when we do an exit strategy, we typically we won't buy the company and fix it. We'll allow the management team in there, the culture to stay. What was working will work, and we'll just come in and sort of. You know, tweak the places where you can help. There's a lot that you can do with debt. For instance, um, people think, "Oh my God, I'm in debt. I can't get out of it." You'd be surprised <laughs> sometimes how easy it is to get out of debt when you're when you own a business. Right. And, and I think the interesting thing about the debt component that people miss a lot of times is you're balancing cash flow and actual debt, right? If, you, if you're going to grow a business and open up 20 locations and you're going to take on, you know, X million dollars in debt, but you're cash flow positive 50,000 a month, does it really matter, right? 
Well, that's that's the whole key. When you, if you ever read the um, the book Blitz Scaling, uh, that's what he says. So you either scale slow and you you, you control um, debt, or you scale quick quick and you focus only on cash flow. Right. Well, and and that's interesting, though, because a lot of people look at, you know, especially in America with student loan debt being so high and mortgage debt being so high and then vehicle debt being the next biggest thing is like you when, when people are looking at debt, they're so petrified by what they're used to, which is this non-liquid, non-accessible debt that's just getting paid down and accruing interest because they didn't pay it properly versus business debt, which is basically taking money to make money to, to make more money to pay the debt, right? Like it's a, it's a good model that's perpetually driving the system and you right. just don't get that with other types of debts. So my question there for you is how do you change the mindset of an individual or a small company that's so used to, you know, having debt or, or not having debt, sorry, and trying to do it all, you know, cash draft. How do you change their mind to say, listen, this is the way you need to do it if you really have that goal? Hard numbers. Well, basically, hard numbers. Debt is leverage, right? So it's, it's just pure leverage. So we, we, we go with the hard, hard numbers and show them what the, out, the outcome is going to be. I mean, uh, to, if you want to look at it the way some people look at it, a corporation is a person, right? A person needs everything. So they need a car, they need a house, they need food, whatever. So that's one way of looking at it, that all the costs can go through the business, whether you think they can or not. And second of all, um, you know, debt, is, institutional debt for a company um, is not as, unless you sign a personal guarantee, which we can also sort of work on, isn't as attached to you as you think it is. So when, you, when you're not, you, you know, you'd be surprised when you go to the bank and they say, yeah, well, you sign a personal guarantee, you say, no, we're not going to sign it. They'll still give you the money nine times out of 10. Right, right. And that's flexing your knowledge. That's the thing that people miss, right? Is like, you will make bad mistakes in business if you don't have somebody who's already done it, you haven't done it yourself, or you're not well read in that topic to be able to make those decisions, right? And I think what's really interesting about what you guys are doing is you're bringing the experience, the knowledge and the technical know how into the business without actually having to know that person's exact business today. Right, exactly. Well, you know, the first thing we do is we talk to them, we, we find out what, what the emotional attachments are or what they're really looking for. Because some people, they're like, look, I want to sell my business, I want to make money, and, but why? And we, we, we want to ensure that we're going to fulfill their dreams. We're not about changing the company, changing the culture, changing what, what, what they're doing. We're about optimizing. And when we optimize, we can really increase the valuation of that company. We also do agglomerations. Agglomerations is basically when we look at a company and we, we agree to go in with the, with a partner or we, go, we agree, agree to buy them or whatever it is, we'll look at their chances of doing agglomeration. Agglomeration is where you put them under an umbrella IPO of a group of other companies, which immediately overnight uh, doubles their valuation. So if I have a company that's worth a million and I put it in there into the agglomeration, which takes about three to six months, it's immediately worth two million. Or if it's 10, it's 20. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's an incredible tool and now they're getting, we're getting into bonds where the, we use the bonds to pay down the debt if there is debt, and then we flex that back, use that for leverage. There's all kinds of different tools that we can use to get into. But um, it, well, the thing about this is that there's, no, there's really never a, a business situation that you can't get out of. It's very rare, unless you let it, you know, you just ignore things. That's the biggest thing that I see. Is that there's actually a lot of business people out there that say, well, there's that bill again. I'm just going to put that in the drawer, and I won't look at it. You know, and, and I had a friend that did that, and he had a stack of, you know, literally court orders and he just didn't even open the envelope. He just kept hiding them in his drawer. I was like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and it's the, 
it's the mentality that people have too, is that sometimes when things are going great, it's always like, Hey, look what I did. Look what I did. And then when things are not going so good, it's like, Oh, their fault, right? It's not my fault. It's well, the bank's it's fault. Or, like, like, like you said, you spoke about mindset and mindset's a funny thing. Cause we, we look at the bad that can happen. Literally do you know, seldom we look at the good that can happen. Perfect example is with the debt. If I get debt and I can't, you know, then I'm under pressure and I have to pay it every month. Yeah, but look, what you can do is you take the debt off. You can scale your business, you can grow, you can hire possibly another person, you can optimize your, your production for your manufacturing, whatever it is, and then you're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna put out 500 widgets a day instead of 200 widgets a day. You know, it's just right. that they don't see that part of it. We're, we're attuned and we're accustomed to and trained by our society to look at the, at the you know, the, the negative side of things. And if yeah. we realize, this is where I get into the, the woo-woo of it all, is that if you realize thoughts aren't even real, Thoughts or projections that we have from, from past experiences or from what we've seen on TV or what we've heard from friends or family or business cases. So we're projecting into the future what might or might not be according to what we heard or saw. It's not even real. It, yeah. Nothing happened yet. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and, that, and that's the interesting thing about uh, thought projection into the future. A lot of times, like even myself in, in our business, what I always do is I, I think, okay, well, what if this goes wrong? But I always forget to ask myself, what if it goes right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you kind of start going, oh, 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 I don't know what to do. You know, even better just say it's going to go right. 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 Don't even, uh, what if there is no, what if it will either, yeah. either you believe it will and it will, or you believe it won't and it won't. And it won't. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's your mind's made up. It doesn't matter if it's a yes or no, it's going to be right. It's certainty. Yeah. Certainty creates the ability to let go of the how. Yeah. Uh, when, when you're certain about something, it doesn't even matter how you do it because you know, it's going to work. Yeah. No. And, and, and that's the, the overhaul that mean, people Yeah, have. it doesn't mean you sit in your business and say, oh, okay, now it's going to work out with the plan. I don't mean that, but you know. <laughs> right, right. You still have to do things every day to yeah, make it happen. Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so that kind of brings us a little bit towards your book. So tell us, tell us the title of it and kind of, you know, what it outlines and, and maybe how people could find that as well. Um, well, it's the pre-launch. It launched two days ago. It's humblealphabook.com, humblealphabook.com. And um, we're uh, looking at... Um, I guess, I guess you could say changing the sub, the sub line. Um, and it's for entrepreneurs, um, you know, business leaders and pioneers. And what it is, it's a five stage system that takes you through finding your identity, finding your purpose, and then creating that certainty we just talked about, and then taking that to your teams and in, in embedding it in your entire life. So that you have what we call quality of life. Our business is called QOL enterprises, quality of life enterprises. And we, we teach you how, we train, we walk with you on how to in implement this in your entire life. Because let's face it, everyone knows a CEO or a leader that is just amazing at what they do. But as soon as they're outside of the office, outside of that role at home or in a, in a social setting, they're just, they're just completely out of place. They don't feel powerful. They don't feel, feel present. You know, so we, our, our new, new book title will be something like Own Your Presence in Life and Become the True Leader that You Really Are Already Inside. Right. You know? Everybody has the ability. Everybody has the talent. You just have to trust yourself to do it and be you. I mean, people always all want to be like, you know, Bill Gates, or I want to be like Steve Jobs or whoever. And instead of saying, no, I'm already somebody, and that's who I'm going to be. And I'm going to build upon that. And I'm going to be the leader that I know that's already inside of me. And you do that by staying on the inside and, and, and having all of that inside of you worked out. So you're amplifying your true identity. And true identity, authenticity, attracts more people than any kind of title or position that you can get. So that's, right. that's where we're, we're focused on that. And what that does, when you, do, when, you, when you cook this down to your teams, you're creating uh, you know, in, innovative teams, more creativity, much less conflict, and a flow 
in your company that's going to just skyrocket your, your, your revenue, your culture is going to be amazing. We have ways, I mean, we even talk about how, how do you change the office when you're changing the culture? What do you do in the office to make sure that people actually know there's a change coming? How do you, you know, how do you talk to each person? How does a meeting work? So it's very structural on that side, but on the other side, it's very, um, let's say, um, almost, I guess, almost spiritual in a way that you have to deal with yourself first. It's not on the outside. 95% of all self-help books are all about structures on the outside. It won't change. Your, your business will not change, and you will never reach that peak of your, of, of your optim, optimization that you could reach if you're not working on the outside. And I know it sounds woo-woo, but just, just give me an example. The CEO that, um, that's powerful in his house, at, at his business, but not at home. If his wife was a fly in the wall in the boardroom, would she even recognize who he is? And if one of his employees were a fly in the wall at his, at his dinner table, would he be embarrassed? Mm. Right? You see what I'm saying? Right. That's what we're touching upon. We're touching upon the need for people to own their presence in life so that they're present in every arena. Right. And what, you, what are your thoughts on kind of the identity shift that people have, right? So there's this duality, you know, like what you're talking about is being present in all the different components of your life, whether that's health, wealth, happiness, you know, whatever it is that you're working on. Uh, but there's certainly a difference, I think, between your duties and responsibilities as a husband, father, wife, mother, daughter, whatever it is, and work. So how do people draw that line where they where they're still present in both opportunities but they are acting in a way that you know fits that model whatever that model is like how do they separate those two well this is this is the whole thing is that once you find your purpose everything's aligned anyway so you follow your core values and, and, and your principles and you're always on in line it doesn't matter where you go what you say how you do it job private whatever you have one set of core values that you follow and it's, it's easier in private life than it is in business to follow your core values. I, ha I have to say that from experience because you have some deals that come across your table you're like, oh, that's an amazing deal. But you know those people. They aren't people of, 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 with, with core values or you know, right. sort of with morals. So you have to turn the big ones down sometimes. And that's, it's, it's not about adjusting yourself to the situation. It's about you amplifying your true, true identity, which, which um, embodies who you are which is then adaptable to every situation in life. And that's why we say every arena, because literally in every arena, you can be who you are with your core values and win every time. And we talk about the difference between being a winner and chasing wins. You know, people chase wins all the time. I need to get that, I need to get that. But if you're, if you're, if you're a humble alpha, like we talk about, you're a winner all the time. Winners, wins fall in your lap constantly. It's, it's ridiculous how, how your life becomes so easy suddenly. You're like, why did I ever worry about all this stuff? Why did I ever try to fit in there? Why did I ever try to make that happen or try to look, try to look like this guy or wear this to look like that? It's incredible how suddenly a third of your day is freed up with things that you used to think about that you don't think about anymore. Well, and, it, and it's the, the worry, I think, too. One of the, the cool parts about reading that I'm doing right now is that Pareto principle seems to be a huge thing, right? It's like we spend 80% of our time doing the 20% that don't matter. And we spend 20% of our time that gets the maximum result. And the problem with that is not just recognizing it, but it's also like, how do you actually implement that and stay true to those core values that you have, right? Because right. you could easily just change your mindset and say, well, that's a stupid deal or that's a, that's not a good idea, but you take it because you're in a place of uncertainty likely. And then you end up doing that 80% of that work for that 20% of the result. And then just your time's gone. Scarcity mindset. Yeah, yeah that's really what it oh, is. I need this. I, I need the money. I need the revenue. Oh, I need this or else or else or else because the debt that you're, we were talking about before is in the back of your mind. I better get this because I got to pay that debt. And you're pulling yourself away from your core values and you're pulling away your, 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 your self away from the true potential that you have. 
because you're not sticking to your core values. You know, it's like um, you, you have to be in a place of security with, your, with who you are and your identity before you can attract truth and before you can attract the true partners. And you'll see that, I mean, it's incredible. My life, since I've been living this way solidly for the last know, couple of years, I've been doing this for you know, probably 20 years, but really, really dug deep two years ago when I went online with my business. Um, you know, I was traveling, you know, nine, nine countries a month. So I was gone four days a week, every week. And, uh, I suddenly came, I said, told my wife, I came out and said, I'm not traveling anymore. I'm done. She goes, what are you going to do? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> and so I just embraced that mindset and said, you know what, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be successful because that's who I am. And right. boom, overnight I had a business online, making money, bought a house. It's just, it just, it just it cascaded from there. And the more it cascades, the more I dive into it. And our teachings are not theory. Our teachings, everything we teach in that book, of course, the five core models that we work are all proprietary. And so these are models we came up with from our lives. My co-author, Lane Ballone, a Special Forces Green Beret veteran, I'm a, like I said, an Iraq veteran from the Army, uh, we went through a fine-tooth comb with our life and find out the models that really worked. And then we optimized on them. It was really difficult, too, because you can pick one situation, but then you say, was that really the first time that it happened? So the book is filled with stories incredible stories like when i was working with mick jagger or when i was working with andrea bocelli or when i was in war or when when uh, lane was in libya or you know a lot of these situations where it, from the outside they look normal but when you explain what was going on and how things happen you're like wow how did they pull through well and the perspective is the part that really matters too right, right. because there's there's all these opportunities and, and things that come up in people's lives and everyone from the outside looks at those and say oh wow they made it this been you know great opportunity did a great job but they didn't see all the other stuff that had to be done that no one ever yeah. saw on the back end that overnight back. success of 20 years yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly it and so you know when, when people are thinking about opportunities that come up and in the decisions that they're going to make in their business what is the first thing that you recommend they do so they got their values they you know they've got them written down or they have they really have a good mental state of what those are and then these opportunities start coming up that maybe don't align how do they take those and kind of make a decision around like okay this is not the right decision for me that's not well, the right opportunity. I, you know, I would say from the very get-go listen to your intuition but, but most people aren't in tune with their intuition uh, they'll feel it but they think it's a thought and then they'll feel a thought and they'll think that's intuition so if you have to think about something, then it's not your intuition. Your, your intuition, for me, it's a, it's a solar plexus feeling. I get, like, I get like a breath of air being taken out of me. And I go, okay, my intuition tells me to turn left. So I turn left for no reason whatsoever. Um, and my wife's like, where are you going? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just go. Um, and that's how I, tr I practice to keep my intuition prime, so to say. But when you're looking at it, if you have to think about it, if it's a good idea, it's, it's not a good idea. It's simple as that, literally. If I have to... Is this a good? No, it's not. If I wouldn't be thinking about it, if it was a great idea, I'd be like, oh, this is a great idea. Right, right. right. No, it, not, that's it. That scarcity mindset is the, the biggest enemy of success because you're going to grab those things. They're going to keep you on. People know integrity, right? Integrity is a result of your actions. It's not something that you are, right? Integrity is what comes out of what you do. And people see that. And even the people that are working with you or other partners seeing you're working with them, they're going like, oh, they're working with them, really? You're like, oh, no, no, it's okay. It's a good deal. You're already, you're already excusing yourself. You see what right. I'm saying? So I take power in turning. I, I turned a deal down. This is a super story to, to explain this. So there was an energy company in, in, in uh, Australia. And they offered me a board position, 300,000 in shares. And we had a couple of discussions. And there was something off about this thing. Right? I didn't know what it was. So um, uh, we had discussions and stuff. And he got mad at me because I asked a few questions about the validity of what he was doing. And he just got mad at me. I'm like, you know what? Uh, let's, let's not do this. 
he's like, oh, you're, you're an asshole, and all this kind of stuff. So he just hung up on me, and that was it. A year later, he sent me 10 grand and apologized and asked me to, just to be an advisor for the same amount, right? Wow. And he said, I, I screwed up. This is what I did. This is what was in my head. This is exactly what I was thinking. And you're right. You forced me to look at my business in a different way. Da, 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 da. Just because I stuck to my core values, I changed his entire world. You see what I'm saying? So it is, it, you're not doing it just for you. You're doing it for that ripple effect or what I call radiant value. You know, when you, when you make a decision or you execute on a decision that's based on your core values, you're giving that message out. You're sending it out like radar to everybody around you. And that's going to resonate with some, others it won't. And, and so this, this guy, now I'm just an advisor. I have no responsibility. I have nothing. And they're, they're just so, they got, they got the Gucci guy on board. They got the, the what's, that, what's that app with the click? I don't know what it's called. One of those kids apps. I don't know what it's called. You know, the big one. Not, uh, A TikTok? Not, 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 no, it's before that. It's the first one with that little Martian looking thing, that alien. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, the ex-marketing manager from them joined them. So they're, they're really really moving now. Got it. And so that's a perfect, perfect example of sticking to your guns. And you know what? I feel good about it. When I walk away, I'm like, I just walked away from 300 grand. Right. Like, wow, I could have really used that money, you know? Right. Right. Man. But the mentality though is different though. That's the difference, right? It's yeah. like, you're looking at it and, and kind of what you're talking about is that debt opportunity crisis that people get in. It's like, I got to pay this. I got to pay this. I got to pay this. Right. Most people would probably take the 300 and say, listen, I need to pay down this because I want to buy my house or I want whatever it is that you're trying to do with it. And yeah. it's a problem. And that's the short-term thinking too, right? So you, you're chasing wins again. You're not a winner. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you make a short, I, I got to pay my bills. That's short-term thinking right there. We're talking, you know, I have a lot of friends that are royalty in Germany. I, you know, I, I was, uh, I'm still connected to them and I've worked with royals and some of my, wait, my, my best friend in Germany is royal. And they think everything they do is in generations, everything. Like hmm. there's nothing they do that's short-term. So they have this ease of life that, that is just so strange to me that, I mean, I got used to it, but it's so strange. But even when, even a discussion is never about right now, it's always about generations. It's always about the future and solidifying what we have now. And so we can carry over. It's a, it's a, so it's such a fresh way and solid way of thinking. You're always building that wide, wide, wide foundation. So when you, when you say, I'll take the money, pay my bills and worry about what happens later, that's short term thinking. You're going to be in the same place you were when that ends is where you are right now. Well, and, and, and again, that, that all comes back to mindset. There's, there's a quote out there somewhere that says, you know, if you give someone who's poor a million dollars, they'll be poor tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's because they haven't gotten that foundational skill set in the knowledge and the, in the know-how on how to take what they have and make it what they want, but be willing to do it over 30 years. Right. And, and you see um, the, uh, you know, the, 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 lot, the lottery winners, like 80% of them are broke within two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's broke mindset though, right? That, that, that's all mindset. It's, it's, it's not the, where they grew up. It's not any, it's the mindset they have. They believe that the future for them is oh, I win this money. I get this money. It's going to change everything. No, your, your financial situation screwed up, not because you don't have money, but because of your mindset. Exactly. If you change your mindset, the financial component will be there, which will also help change your mindset. So I think it's kind of a rat race type thing though, right? Where it, it spirals out of it. It's like, I go to a job that I don't like to make money, to pay for things that I shouldn't have bought, that I don't need to make money, you know, just like to impress the people that I don't care about. You just kind of go around this like circle of, of problems. And again, that's short-term thinking. That's limiting beliefs that most people have. And it's very mentality driven of it's, it's, you can't change it. That's yeah. what they did. Well, 
It's funny you said 30 years because we have a we have a, an evergreen course uh, called the last goal setting course you'll ever need. And that's what we, we work with. We work with identity, purpose and certainty. And then we go on to your goals. And your goals are for 30 years. People are like, I can't set goals for 30 years. You have five areas in your life and 30, 30 years, you got to set 100 goals right, for, uh, for 30 years. And it just takes people like a long time. But what they do there, what they don't realize is well, they're painting a picture that they can then see and smell and taste. And, you know, it's like, wow, I see my carpet. I see the car. You know, I can give you an example again is someone says, I want a Bentley, right? So they're saving for Bentley, 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 Bentley. And maybe, maybe they'll get that Bentley, probably not, but maybe they'll get that Bentley, but then they need the garage for it. They need to pay the service, which is like 20 grand or a quarter. You know, you have to, have, so wouldn't you rather set a goal of having a lifestyle of someone who owns a Bentley, right? So that lifestyle of someone who owns a Bentley, what do they got? They have probably three or four businesses. They got passive income. They got a big house. They got enough money to pay for the bills. Isn't that the kind of goal you should be, you should be setting? Right? It, it, it's it's um, looking at the result versus the effort that needs to be put in, right? It's kind of looking at problem versus solution. And we talk, you know, we had this conversation before, you know, the, the podcast session about chiropractic a little bit, right? And the whole premise of chiropractic is it's not about the symptom of what you've what the body has become or the, the adaptation the body has. It's let's try and fix the way you are so that you don't have that symptom, right? That's the whole premise of chiropractic. And at the end of the day, that's the same thing with business. If you look at the symptom, which is in this case, like a Bentley or a nice house or a bunch of money, it's the thing you need to treat is really the mindset, the individual upfront to be able to lay that foundation to get those things. Cause they're the result. They're not the effort put in. Exactly. And, and you know, we, Lane and myself, we have a, a retreat every year in Peru. Um, we fly down to Peru with, 10 business leaders, owners, you know, whatever. And we work, again, identity, purpose, certainty. And we work with plant medicine. So we work with ayahuasca and San Pedro. Ayahuasca is the uh, feminine um, and San Pedro is the masculine. It's really yin and yang. And what that does is it immediately takes, takes away all blockages and in inhibitions, scarcity mindset. It takes it all away immediately during these sessions. So you can see your true potential. You see who you are, see what your purpose is. And people go away from there and their lives explode. And so it's a, it's a true testament to it really is all up here. It's up to your mind. Matter of fact, this is what's stopping you because of the fact that this is not real. So what we're thinking isn't real. And with all of those things, all this, this is going to happen or that can't happen or man, when that happens, this is going to happen. X, Y, Z equals Z, you know, whatever. Um, that's all just things we've been conditioned to see. And anyone is capable changing the world. Now, people complain all the time, only 2% of the world owns 98% of the wealth. Well, look at the, look at the, the people who are innovators. That's, that's about 2% of the world. Right? Like I said before, Bill Gates and, and Steve Jobs, that's 2% of the world are innovators, Elon right. Musk. So of course they own the wealth. Right. They're, they're the ones who let go of everything. They're the ones who say, you know what? I'm going to create space around me to, to come up with things that no one else ever came up with before because I, I have a mission. I have a vision. Most of them, they, they dream about. Like that's how much they let go. They dream about it. Like they say, Mozart wrote all of his all of his songs in his dreams before he ever put pen to paper. Well, and and the vision that these people have is more it has nothing to do with them. That's the crazy yeah. part. It has absolutely nothing to do with them. It's about the rest of the people. And when your vision is about you, it's going to be small. It just yeah. is because you're one person, right? But if your vision's about the world, it's automatically going to be that much bigger. I love Elon Musk because of the way he structured it. So he, his deal is to colonize Mars, right? That's what he yeah. wants to do. Yeah, yeah, So what's he doing in the meantime? He's making on Earth cars that will ride on Mars, electric, electric cars that will ride on Mars. You know, he's, he's preparing everything he needs to colonize. So when he can colonize, he just moves everything there. I mean, right. see, that's the guy who's just on it. You know what I mean? 
I and mean, people don't see it that way though. That's the interesting part about it is they're looking at it and saying, Oh, we built, he built a nice car. He built a whatever it is, but like they're missing the point, right. Of like, they totally missed it. They're like, oh, he's putting solar panels on homes because he wants to reduce the energy bill. <laughs> no, that's not no. what he's doing. No. He's creating an environment that's going to be able to be plug and play over there. Right. Yeah. Oh, the, the boring company, right. They're, they're digging holes so that we can have more efficient transportation on earth. No, they're not. They're doing it to test to prove that's going to work, that they can do it over there, right? That's the part exactly. that people miss is like, they're so short-term and so localized thinking into like, this is the one thing, this is what they're doing, but they miss the big picture because they're just, they don't understand it. They don't think like that. They're conditioned. That's our whole society is conditioned on that. Right. You know, get a, you know, get a mortgage and, and you have quick cash, right? A remortgage and have quick cash. That kind of thing. Grab this loan and pay off your bills, and then you can have some money for Christmas. It's always that short, 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 and that's what that's why every man, woman, and child in America has like fifty thousand or sixty thousand dollars debt the day they're born. You know, it's just just the way it is. Probably more than that now. That was a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and you just look at student loan debt, right? It's like in the trillions of dollars right now in the United States. It's like you're borrowing money for something that's supposed to make you more money that really doesn't increase your potential. No, it doesn't. You know, it, um, you know, knowledge is important, and it's only useful when it's applied. And so people, you know, get out of college, like I have all these degrees, yeah, but you never applied it. So why should I hire you? Right. You oh, and, and, and they're looking at it from a standpoint of this makes me better than everybody else. But the problem is if everybody gets the same thing, then it's no longer more valid, right? Like yeah. if you, 50 years ago, bachelor's degrees were not as common. That was worth yeah. a lot back then. Yeah. Then it became master's degrees were the thing. Then it became doctorates were the thing. And now it's like, there's not even anything above that. You could be the most educated person out there. Like, you know, I went to school for eight years. I don't consider myself any smarter than anyone else. I just spent more money and more time doing something yeah. that's educational. Yeah, that's I did. Yeah, I did the same thing with my MBA. It was, you know, if I had to, if I do it again, I wouldn't. Right. Same. You know, I absolutely didn't do anything for me. Although I'd love to have a chiropractor near me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's. I told it. my wife. My wife was the other day. She's like, I want to do something else. I'm like, learn to be a chiropractor. <laughs> there you go. Well, that hey, hey you, you'd have a booming business there, right? Because there's no one out that way uh, to do it. So you could set up shop and, and crush it. So to kind of kind of wrap things up here, give us, uh, you know, some some framework as to how people can reach you. What's the best way for them to reach out to you either if they're they have a business that they're looking for an exit strategy on, they're interested in the Humble Alpha book, they're interested in the goal setting course, or they're interested in the Peru retreat. How can they I know there's a bunch of different websites and that, but how can they reach you directly and figure out what's right for them? Well, one website is qolenterprises.com. That's where everything is. You see the products page, it's all listed there. If you want to reach me directly, um, just find me on Facebook, Stephen Eugene Kuhn or Stephen Kuhn um, Official. You, you, you put the links probably in the, in Absolutely. the yep. notes. And just write me. I mean, I answer every mail. I answer every message. I answer every uh, WhatsApp and tweet, whatever it is. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of my word and I make sure that I get back to everybody. I mean, people say, I can't believe you're talking to me. Like, Why wouldn't I? Yeah. You know, it's so weird that, 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 that people are so used to being ignored. Right. I, I don't see it that way. I take the time for everybody. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and so, so it's a turnaround that really is the one that, that, that hits because a lot of people are at that point they can't scale, they can't break through the revenue. You know, we have clients that make ten thousand a month and they want to make twenty. They don't know how to do it, so we help them with that. We have clients that they want to make they're two fifty or two hundred fifty thousand a month and they want to make five hundred thousand. They can't do it. There's ways to do it. There's there's models to put in place. There's things that we've done for years and years and years and years and years. Uh, you know, the company I work with, Black House Equity, um, the private equity. Uh, I think they got like one point two billion in revenue for businesses. It's just it's crazy and and it's a uh, it's beautiful because we're we're helping SMEs thrive and live their dreams, and it's literally that way. We don't gut them, 
We don't buy them and sell them and gut the We don't do that. Not at all. It's all about the vision of the business owner, allowing them to live the, their, their life that they want to live and do the things that they enjoy. They enjoy at home. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for all the wisdom and all those different categories. My pleasure. Grab the, your your, first, your excerpt of the book, uh, HumbleAlpha.com. You get a free excerpt and you can sign up for, you know, notify when it gets released. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you.